Who the bloody hell's that? Should indeed. You're listening to the Corona Diaries, a sometimes random and often irreverent attempt to understand the psyche of singer Steve Hogarth. I've learnt, and I'm in record, Anthony. Oh Christ! But I'm back oh. in record now, and I'll leave the Zoom on. Actually, no, I'm going to stop the Zoom. I'm going to start the Zoom again. And hit record on this computer. This We've just recorded a Q&A, haven't we? We have. We have, We have. Anthony. We've done a Q&A. I've sort of ended on a slightly downbeat note, but I'm, I'm going to make up for it. Yeah, well, we're going, to, we're going to bring it up again, aren't we? In that kind of mm. traditional club, club kind of style. We've taken it down to bring it up. We have. Um, we have. About, apart from the fact I can't remember the last time I was in a club. I mean, it might well, be 20 years. Right. No, yeah. yeah I, when was I last in? I was in Danny's Bar on Saturday night in Banbury, um, which is the first time I've been in a kind of a, you know, social place in the centre of town on a Saturday night in forever. Because uh, normally I would avoid that kind of thing like, like the plague, but um, my boy Niall was drumming in his band, Little Sister, um, on uh, on Saturday night in Danny's bar. So Lynetta and I rocked over and uh, had a listen. It was bloody loud. I'm not used to it, <laughs> um, but it was very good. Very good. Is it one of those things where the worst person to have in the audience is actually somebody who's a professional rock and roll star? I would have thought so. Yeah, total nightmare. Yeah. Oh, it's a bit loud. In fact, I used to imagine sometimes. I I used to sometimes go on stage imagining that Mick Jagger was in the crowd, and and, and you know, so I think, well, what would I do if Mick was watching? Um, you know, it's a strange, strange thing to think, but I used to think that. You know, would he approve of how I'm behaving up here? Uh, or wouldn't he? And I really ought to behave in, in such a you know in such a manner that Mick would approve of. Oh, now that's now there's a point. So what would Mick approve of? Yeah, exactly. Well, he'd approve of a bit of showmanship, I think. Yep. But he would approve of someone being cool and keeping it real as well. Yep. You know, and not being too schmaltzy or uh, showbiz. I think I don't think he'd like that. I think he'd have something to say about that. Yeah, especially if you got Charlie Watts with him, then uh, man, you can't really think what would Charlie say because he's just into a lot of jazz anyway, so he wouldn't like anything. I don't think Charlie liked a lot of anything anyway. No, not not when he was alive. Bless him. Um, he liked he he liked peace and quiet. <laughs> Maybe Mick could have a problem with your exemplary uh, percussion uh, playing. Well, yeah, he, he would be jealous if he found out what Lewis had to say about him. Yeah, he'd be cross. You don't want it, Mick cross? Uh, no, no. He would He would cut us both down with a few words, I'm sure. He, yeah. wouldn't, have, he wouldn't have to say much. No. Should we, should we start then? Yes. Uh, 181. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes we should. Hello and welcome to chapter 181 of the Corona Diaries. I nearly did the da in the wrong place then because I I have to save that for the second half. Mm. Um, I don't want to be overdoing the da's really. No, No, I have. No, 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 it's more of a gentle run in, isn't it? It's a gentle little (laughs) stroll up to the first bit. I know. I know, and now look. The rap's a bit like our encore, isn't it? Yes, it is. The triumphant return. Yeah. <laughs> like we go and hide behind the curtain or somebody goes <laughs> off for a piss. <laughs> well, somebody does the bingo. 
What do, what do you do when you go off stage in, in that kind of end of gig, pre-first encore thing? Well, I'm usually so busy trying to get a shirt off that's wet and won't come off uh, and and get another one on that I'm, I miss a lot of it. But there's usually a lot of uh, post-mortem in and, and, you know, usually Pete Trousers saying how rotten it all was. And now he couldn't see this, or he couldn't hear that, and he, you know, he fucked that up, and he did that, and he's always great, but he always comes off stage spitting rivets. That's the title for this week. <laughs> he, he does, though. He's <laughs> he, he's um, he loves it. He loves doing it, but but you wouldn't know if you spoke to him immediately afterwards. Yeah, and that's so before be... you go back on again. That's the yeah, oh yeah, on. yeah. As, that's... as a moan, then goes back that's... on. Yes, as right. a rule, as a right. rule, somebody's having a moan, um, and uh, I'm I'm so busy um, get, getting out of a pair of trousers or into a shirt or something. I, I, mercifully, I, I I I miss a lot of it. Right, so you're peeling off a sweaty garment, mm. and everybody else is kind of going, "Well, that was fairly shit." Yeah, let's go, let's go and give them some more. Yeah, I couldn't hear this, and my monitor's that, and la la la, ra 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 ra. You know, there's a, usually a lot of that. Apart right. from, apart from uh, Rothers, who who just sort of stares into space and says nothing anyway. So, um, and, and oh. obviously Moses having a fag, I'm assuming. Yes, yeah, he's usually uh, yeah he's he would definitely be having a fag and. Might might well be absent, unless he's really angry. In which case, he'll put off having a fag in order to sh- to threaten someone. <laughs> it's been has occasionally happened. <laughs> Does he need to a bit of a, that t- nicotine withdrawal to to work up his his anger then? <laughs> oh no, no, no! He just needs um. <laughs> just. He just needs the keyboard rig to work up his anger, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, something. I mean, to be fair, in recent times, um, Mark Mark's done a sterling job, so I shouldn't be going on about the keyboard rig. But historically, it was it was um, it was the um, it was the elephant in the room, the keyboard rig. Um, in fact, elephants not the, the right the right thing right, the right word for it it was something more skittish and unreliable than an elephant um and that caused every now and again mostly would want to kill mark um but you know never it never came to anything that heated really um i make i'm probably making it out to be more than it is but that's what we do in between um, coming off and going back on again. There's usually a little bit of oh, I couldn't hear this and I couldn't do that and oh, and what was wrong with that and and my monitors went off and my this and my radio packed that and you know there's a lot of that and what happened to this and what happened to that and uh, while that's all going on, I'm usually trying to get out of a shirt somewhere. If you ever wanted, if you wanted a peek behind the curtain, then that's what you would get. That's it. That's Look. absolutely it. Uh, we've just been doing a Q and A, as think I think we alluded to, and what um, because we only got through three three questions in forty minutes. Um, <laughs> we're not very good at this, are we? <laughs> uh, got through three questions in forty minutes. I thought I'd ask a couple of the other ones as as part of you know a bit of a run into today's chat, really. Um, so. Here we are. Uh, David mm. Beckwith from Newbury is going to is going to throw a couple of questions in, and and if it's a bit of a reminder again for those who aren't uh, patrons, who aren't purple, we do this every month. So uh, we sit down for forty minutes and we go through questions. You, you're more than welcome to drop a question in, even if you're not purple. You can drop a question in with pleasure. Obviously, you just won't hear if it's asked or hear the answer. Um, <laughs> but if you are purple or if you fancy being purple, then then this is one of the things you can you can look forward to. Anyway, David Beckwith did that. He's from Newbury, um, not that far away from you actually, as it goes. Newbury, not too far no? down the A34. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of dual carriageway. Uh, he's got two questions, one a little more serious than the other. 
another mm. band that David follows is Big Country. Um, Stuart Adamson, another person gone too early, way too early, uh, yeah. also often quoted Lenny Cohen as an inspiration. Did you ever meet Stuart? I never met Stuart Adamson, no. Uh, did he take his own life? I, I, I don't him. know, actually. With, 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 I'll, I'll have a little look in the background while you uh, while, while you expand. I've feeling he took his own life. It's very sad. Um, in, in Was he in the Caribbean somewhere? I don't know. Maybe I'm getting confused or dreamt it. Um, but no, I never met Stuart Adams. And I never met Mark Brzezicki either, their drummer, who, who I believe drummed with, drummed with fish. Um, mm. So there is a very loose, 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 um, third sort of third hand connection there uh, but I don't think I've met Mark although I've heard good things about him um, so no that's the short answer I never met Stuart Adamson I would have liked to um, that was Steve Lillywhite stuff wasn't it all their hits were produced by Steve yeah I think they were uh, I, I think they were and, and I've just had a quick look and he uh, had a few challenges with uh, alcoholism, um, mm. and he'd, he'd ingested a large amount of alcohol around the time of his death. Whether whether it was a deliberate act or whether it was an accidental act, I don't know if, if anybody drew a conclusion. Um, right. Um, uh, well, he he certainly was having challenges by the sounds of things. Mm. Well, um, it, but it's a slippery slope. It 43... Really 43, 43, and he was in Honolulu. That's right. I thought he was on an island somewhere. He was in Honolulu, was he? Mm. Drink mm. yourself to death in Honolulu. Well, there's worse ways to go. There are, and worse places to be. Um, yeah, that's what I mean. Uh, to be fair, I suppose. But um, but definitely definitely somebody who was taken too early. I don't think mm. there's any, anybody would necessarily disagree with that. Um, David carries on with the second part of his question. Uh, which I, I, I'm assuming is the less serious part of the question. Uh, you messaged, mentioned in episode 163 about going out for a test drive. What kind of car was it and did you buy it? What's the most rock star car you've ever owned? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not really bothered about cars, you know. Um, some Rothers and Mosley are quite into their cars and, you know, the Rothers has had a few Porsches and mostly he's got the Range Rover and whatnot now. Um, but I've uh, I haven't got a rock star. I've I've got a I've got a cool car. I've got a British racing green convertible Mini Cooper S, um, which is, uh, in my opinion, about as cool as it's going to get, unless you buy a Carmen gear, uh, which I would love to own, but couldn't really because uh, I couldn't leave it outside really I'd need a I'd need a proper garage for a common gear but I'd, but that's my dream car of choice uh, that's my fantasy motor um so what was I going out to test drive when did I say I was going out for a test drive by the way well it was 163 so that you know that's that's 18 weeks ago so four months. So it, the only thing I've I've test driven in of late uh, or in relatively recent times was a Fiat 500 electric because I like Fiat 500s as well. I think they're quite cool, and uh, we've got um, we've got a Volvo um, XC something or other um, that you know a sort of family car that we we do the long drives to Denmark in and they're good cars. They're really good cars. Um, and of course, if you've got a Scandinavian wife, you're going to end up driving a Volvo at some point. Trust me. Um, but, and I've got the mini just for blasting around generally go-karting my way to the racket club. Um, and because I want to save the planet, I'd like to get a little electric runabout. Um, and so I checked out the Fiat 500 electric and it felt like a milk float. Um, so I couldn't, you know, having driven to the test drive in the Cooper S, it was suddenly extremely um, evident 
that this thing was a bit kind of <sighs> not exciting. Um, and it wasn't cheap. So I kind of didn't bother. But uh, I still they still turn my head, the Fiat 500s, when they go by. Like, you know, the Abarths are really nice, but of course they're 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 fossil fueled. Um, what else? I've I've been you know if I was gonna buy, I'd probably buy an a, a an electric Mini Cooper if I was gonna swap the Mini. I can't. You know, I keep looking at cars because the Minis. I've had it for years and years and years and years. Uh, it's got about eighty thousand on the clock now, and it's it's getting old. And when I when I take it anywhere, there's always a little part of me that that wonders if it'll get there, and the, uh, so it will conk out at some point. There's a man in Brackley called John uh, who's got an, a garage, imaginatively titled John's Garage, and um, I call him John the Albanian because he's got very heavy Eastern European accent. And um, I asked him where he was from. Uh, I said, where are you from, John? He went, I'm from Romania, the shittest country in the world. Um, so he's not that much, he's a quite serious dry character. Um, <laughs> I've continued to call him John the Albanian after I found out he was Romanian because, you know, I'm a creature of habit. And he, last time I took the mini to him to 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 be fixed, uh, blown a hole in the exhaust. Um, he 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 fixed it, and while I was paying for it, he said, "You should sell this car now. You will wish you had." <laughs> so John has pronounced the mini close <laughs> close to the end, uh, which is which makes me a little bit. Know, um, less than secure. It makes me a little insecure as I go blasting down the back lanes to uh, the racket club. In it, I keep thinking, John the Albanians. I'd, uh, I, sh I should sell this car. So maybe, maybe I should, or maybe I should just put it in a skip and buy something else. But I can't bring myself to do it. I can't get excited by cars anymore. And if I, if I ever could. But I can't. I just cannot get excited by them. I, I see them all. They all. They nearly all look the same, apart from the really old ones, which look cool, but aren't reliable. You know. So, yeah. You know, an E-type Jag is incredibly cool till you try and try and go around a corner at forty miles an hour in it, and you end, end, end up against a wall. Um, and a Carmen gear is even cooler, but I, I dare say you, you're in the same boat. You've got the, the, your chances of getting there in it are uh, are not one hundred percent every time. So I'd rather have something that was boring and reliable, you know, than didn't involve me sitting at the side of a motorway for four hours, uh, than something exciting and and did. Uh, which the mini has occasionally, to be honest. I could go on and on. Should I go on and on? I got back from uh, the solo, a solo tour that I did. The last solo tour I, I did in South America was Phil, and I got back from there overnight on the on the red the red eye from where was it? God knows, Mexico from Guadalajara. And got back, and the mini broke down, and I had to spend all day sat at the side of the M40, waiting for a tow truck to come, which is not what you want when you're shagged out and haven't slept for thirty hours. So give me a nice, boring, boring, reliable thing, please. Um, that's all I've got to say about cars. I love the fact that you've been told you need to get rid of the mini by a man who sounds like Dracula. That's absolutely the case. Because when Dracula tells you to do something like that, you should take heed. I know I should. I know it's foolish not to listen, Anthony. But that's just how I am. Hmm. If I could, if I could contemplate or get excited about buying another car, I'd buy one. But I just can't work up the degree of enthusiasm required to part with such a 
phenomenal amount of money for something I'm I'm not even that bothered about having. No. No, but the thing is, at the point when a vampire is happy to be called John, he, t- he is so comfortable and serious that you should listen. I know. I know. He knows what he's talking about. He does. And, he, he does and he's, not, he's, he's an honest about. man as well. I, I trust him. Has he ever said children of the night to you? No. Oh, ask him to do no, that next time I, you see I've him. Never, I've never seen him hanging upside down at the back of the garage either, you know, when I've surprised him. Just have a quick look at the corner of your eye. See if there's a little coffin there, if he fancies a little midday kip. Just just, just check that out. If he vanishes suddenly and a bat flies out, then you know then. <laughs> yes, he's just popped down the shops. <laughs> gone for a loaf. He's gone for a loaf. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bet he likes an artisan bread. <laughs> um, Let's have a, let's have another couple of questions because we've we've, we've, oh, just, yes. we've yeah. got them here. Mark Griffin's from Coventry. Oh. Um, that's that's a statement. That's not a question. Um, hi, Steve. Um, over the last few years, a number of artists have found themselves in court being accused of plagiarism. How difficult is it to be truly original? Have you and the band ever had to abandon the song because it was too close to an existing song? Have you ever heard a song that sounds suspiciously like one of yours? I did the other, yeah, I did. I often hear songs with that Kylie, dun dee dun dee dun 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 You know, the verse chord mm. sequence of Kylie, uh, I often hear uh, on 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 tracks modern modern and ancient. Uh, now, I don't know if Marillion nicked it. They might have done. Uh, uh, it's probably a fairly standard uh, move. If you're musical, then you tend to hear chord. You hear chord structures and go, "Oh, that's the same as blah," or they've got that from there, or da da da, which is different in a way from plagiarism. Plagiarism tends to be much more, you know, like my sweet lord or whatever. Mm. There was a big court case about that, wasn't there? Because it was the same melody and the same scansion. You know, it was the same as He's So Fine by, was that the Ronettes? I can't, can't remember who did it, but, um, you know, whether he nicked it on purpose or whether it was just sitting in his subconscious, who can say? Um, but um, there is a valid case then. But you can't do someone for a chord structure because the whole of rock and roll is based on the same chord structure, whether you just about, you know, from Johnny Be Good to, I don't know, to a couple of things Robert Palmer wrote, maybe. So that's always been the same. Um, you, you only really get accused of plagiarism. We used to call um, Beautiful... Uh, Bob Marley while we were writing it uh, because it reminded us so much of No Woman No Cry even though it's nothing like it it has that it's got that same descending chord structure that Bob sang No Woman No Cry uh, over and I sing, sang, you know, everybody knows, beautiful. Um, totally, I mean, you know, you, you you couldn't really compare them, but we compared them, you know. And also, um, I'll tell you another one now. Uh, I, what used to really bother me, although Megan said I shouldn't worry about it, and so in the end I stopped worrying about it, was that... Um, the verse of when I meet God, and if the bottle's no solution, was uncomfortably close to um, whiskey in the jar by Thin Lizzy. Mm-hmm. I can hear that now. Uh, which, although Thin Lizzy did it, I think it was a traditional Irish. Number, yeah, it is. There's know. nobody they can never, sue you over that one. They never wrote it. They covered it. Um, but 
it used to bug me the whole time we were working on it. Um, I just say this sounds a lot like whiskey in the jar, Dave. It's got to go in the bin, and he's going, "Oh no, no, no! I, I think, I think it's great. I wouldn't worry about that." You know, he kept saying that, and I was, "Oh, oh everybody's earned money from whiskey in a jar." Oh, I don't know, Dave. I don't know. I don't know if I'm comfortable, Dave. Um, so when I mean, God, yeah. So we've again. I don't think that was anything approaching a, a conscious ripoff quite the reverse it was it was it was just written and it came naturally but once it existed as your brain does search around com- to compare it to things um then you, you know you get you get to that so quite often when we work in songs up because they haven't got a title yet um we'll we'll hang We'll hang. Afraid of Sunrise was called Joni the whole time we were working it up before it really arrived at anything because it had that sort of Hegira feeling about it Um, with the, um, you know, the tinkly acoustics and the fretless bass just felt like... um, Oh, what's that song? There's a song on Hegira that... Sort of redolent of the same things. Again, it's not in any way stolen or similar, but it's got that feeling. And so it was Chris and Joni the whole time we were working it up. The um, the Rolling Stones did, did they did a song uh, uh, called a single edge called "Has Anybody Seen My Baby?" and they ended up crediting KD Lang because the chorus actually is exactly the same as Constant Grave. Right, uh, and um, and somebody pointed it out to them, and they just they just credited her. Uh, they gave a songwriting credit on it because it was that close. Uh, well, now, the Stones are dreadful. I mean, they 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 go in and and sue anyone who goes, you know, who they decide has gone anywhere near what they've done. You know, I mean, they famously sued uh, Richard Ashcroft, didn't they, for mm. the, for that string sample that isn't even on any of their records it's on it's on a re- it's on the record that andrew alden put out of um stone's covers like orchestral versions of stone's songs um it's not on a ro- i mean to my knowledge it's not on a rolling stone well, i've never um, i it's funny that because i've never heard it and i just assumed it was me that was wrong it's on a it's on an album by the Andrew Oldham Orchestra, and I can't remember what what it's called. Um, and it's it's sort of orchestral versions of, because I think Andrew Oldham used to manage the Stones. He did back in the day. Um, he was the first manager, wasn't he? Yeah, but he was he was a he was a musician in his own right, and and you know he 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 arranged those strings. I think. You know, um, which song was it? It was Bittersweet uh, Symphony. No, but what? Oh, which, which one was it from? I don't song? know. I think it might have been the last time. It'll be the last time. Maybe the last time. I don't know. It might not have been that. Anyway, it was one of them, and it was an orchestral arrangement of that by him. The stone. So the Stones decided to sue Ashcroft for uh, for it, and I think I think they took a lot of money off him. I thought they took virtually everything that that single generated. Right. Well, uh, I've seen his house on the corner of Richmond Green, so he definitely had a few quid left. Right. He lives. He lives in a very nice house, does Ashcroft. Right. But even so, I mean, because it was a that was a a belting hit that summer. Yeah. It was a massive hit. Belting hit that summer. So, so it's not something Marillion have ever done. Then you've never gone after anybody and gone. Actually, that's our sunshine. No, it's not really our style. I don't think. Um, in fact, I tell you what happens quite a lot. Because um, beautiful was a big hit in South America, and there are all these kind of dodgy South American artists who've who've done sort of samba covers of it. And, you know, with other words on, um, and com- you know, and it is the song, 
you know, same same song, same same melody, same everything, except that it's got Brazilian words on it. And if you look at the writing credits, they've credited themselves for it. But, you know, try and sue someone in Brazil, you might as well howl at the moon. Um <laughs> uh, so we've <laughs> we, we, we just you just sort of shrug your shoulders and go, oh, the rips is off then. I thought the coolest thing ever was um, what um, uh, what are they call New Order did with Kylie. You know when she had the hit with "Can't Get You Out of My Head" and the na 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 na, which was you know a fairly blatant rip off of Blue Monday. Instead of um, instead of suing her or taking her to court i think they just made a phone call and said oi <laughs> you owe us one uh and so she came and sang on on their album i think she did she did a b-side or something put a put a vocal on one of their songs for free you know as kind of tit for tat and that was that was much cooler than taking yeah, someone that. to court you know we know what you're up to. You better come and sing on our album, and you can't say no. We'll yeah. see you. We'll see you here tomorrow, half past three. You know, I think that they, they did that. And so that was a cool solution to what could have been an ugly problem. Oh, I like that. You're not getting away with that one, Carly. Just bob down the road and give us a couple <laughs> hours of your time. I like that. Um, one final one, then we'll go to uh, a bit of diary from Drew Chrisman in Highland, Ooh. California. Drew and Mindy. Uh, indeed. Yes. Uh, Drew, Drew sends Drew sends me um, things on Instagram that I don't never really un- I never really understand, but I'm appreciative of them. I just don't quite ever understand the context. But there we are. That's um, a sign of his character, Anthony. Uh, <laughs> I have a question for you both. Yeah. Um, I listen to a few other podcasts in addition to TCD, uh, mm. and the ones mentioned are Smartless and Answers with Joe. Um, I'm curious, do either of you listen to podcasts? And if so, which ones and why? No, that's a short answer. I knew you were going to say that. What What about you? Uh, I do, actually. I listen to a, quite a lot of fairly ranty political podcasts. Oh, RPPs. As, you, as you'd expect. I like the news agents. Um, that's very good. And I listened to a podcast called Romaniacs, which was uh, for those of us who... <laughs> think Brexit's a shit idea, uh, which is now, which then got retitled post-Brexit to Oh God, What Now? Uh, as, a, as a bit of a, a consequence of the ongoing shit show that is, is this, this current administration. Uh, so I like that one. And then there's a, there's, a, there's a fantastic, actually, on a serious note, if you listen to Gabriel Gatehouse did a very, very good um, podcast all around... Um, uh, Trump, but it's not Trump. It's the it's the QAnon thing called uh, oh, that. I'll, I'll I'll put the, the the link in the notes. But that's really worth listening to. And then finally, 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 Matt Ford has a thing called Scandal, and he's done some episodes on uh, Liz Truss and some episodes on Boris Johnson that are hilarious. Really, really good. Really, really. the 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 Liz the Lettuce one is brilliant. <laughs> so if you fancy a giggle with him doing all the voices, that's very good. But yes, I'm a podcast listener. I listen when I walk. Mm. I, yeah, I can't walk and chew gum, let alone walk and listen. So um, I don't. No, I'm always too busy um, running around writing bloody birthday cards for you lot, or um, or ma- or making music to uh, to to have much time for anything. If I'm honest, although that's a bit of an excuse, isn't it? Because I do listen to Radio Four when I'm driving, and I could I could be listening to a podcast and probably having a lot more fun. So maybe I'll change my ways. I'll send you links to the to the Boris Johnson one, the scandal one, because it's very very fun. Yeah, send you and links. If to I that. do, you quite, you quite enjoy that. You quite. Enjoy if that. I do, Drew, I'll think of you. Should we go for a bit of diary? Yeah, let's get let's, let's go for a bit of diary. I'm still in Mexico, uh, so I'll take you back once again to one of my favourite places in the world, which is Mexico City. Here it comes. Tuesday, 6th of May. 
Mexico City. Spent all morning waiting for Brazilian phone interviews. They were supposed to start at 11, but the first one was late and that got in the way of the second one. Then the third and fourth did the same thing. Unfortunately, that meant the fourth phoner, Journal do Brasil, I'd once been on the cover, called while I was still talking to the third and they never got it together to call me again. Renaton, Paolo's rep, said they'll reschedule tomorrow. I hope so. By the time I was finally set free to leave my room, it was 2pm. Went down to Starbucks and bought the regulation cappuccino and chai latte. Jens was in there, so I bought a sandwich and ate it while we chatted. He said he felt a little claustrophobic with so many people there last night. He's a more sensitive soul than he appears. Returned to the hotel and packed for the four o'clock departure. Signed a couple more things on the way out the door. There's always a couple of fans hanging around at the hotels in Mexico. Bust back to the airport for the overnight flight to Sao Paulo. Boarded the plane without incident. Nine hours in economy trying to sleep sitting up. Watched American Hustle. Enjoyed it, although the unexpected twists and turns in the plot frayed my nerves somewhat. Good film. One of the stewardesses and the girls sitting a couple of rows in front wanted their pictures taken with me. We must be more famous in Brazil than I thought. The stewardess came by later and gave me a bracelet for good luck. This resulted in the girl across the aisle wanting to know who we were. She turned out to be a surgeon. God, I'm getting old. She looked like she was barely out of college. Wednesday, 7th of May. Sao Paulo Kiss FM session. Landed in Sao Paulo feeling pretty wrung out and walked miles in the airport looking for Starbucks. Eventually found one and hung around outside with Ian, waiting for Renaton to get the vans and buses organised. Off we went, the now familiar drive to the Divino Blue Hotel we stayed at last time, where I spent all night on the bathroom floor. The slow crawl through Sao Paulo's legendary perma gridlock. Went to bed for a couple of hours, then met up in the lobby for another long, slow drive across town to Kiss FM. Paolo came too. I could send you with Renato or Baffo, but if I come too, then they know I'm serious about this one, he said. We performed Beautiful and Easter as we'd rehearsed it in Mexico. Everyone seemed happy and the interview and music gave us over an hour on primetime rock radio. Here you can reach millions of people. After that, Paolo took us all out to a Mexican restaurant where we ate fabulous tacos and I drank several pina coladas, mindful not to end up on the bathroom floor again this time. A most pleasant evening. Thursday, 8th May. Sao Paulo to Rio de Janeiro. Vivo Rio. Woke at 7.30 by the alarm. A surreal, dreamlike, half-sleep journey to Rio but comforted by the knowledge that I felt infinitely better than the last time I made this journey. I had been poisoned and felt like death. I'll never know how I got on the plane back then. This time I was only tired out. Sat in the SP Domestic Flights Airport, listening to Paul Simon's Hearts and Bones, feeling emotional and close to tears. Such an amazing song. I don't know how he sings of such heartfelt truth so dispassionately. Feeling and not feeling at the same time, but beautiful. So much contained in those seven words, the arc of a love affair. People kept coming over and asking for autographs and photographs. Arrived at the Oton Palace around half two and went back to bed. Sound check at 4.30. Soundcheck went well but was protracted due to technical issues. Returned to the hotel and walked down to the sea, across the road, to watch the wild Atlantic waves rolling endlessly towards this magic place, Copacabana, wondering if I'd get mugged. Didn't. Returned to the show and we hit the stage at ten. Technical hell from the off. Mark reset everything and we lost half of the sounds for Gaza. The double whammy was that my in-ear effects had gone down too, so my sound was all wrong for the whole show. If anyone could have sorted it out, it was our own excellent Nick Todd. 
He did his best, but the effects had crept out and weren't returning. It was one of those halls where you can't really hear the audience noise, so we all thought we weren't going down particularly well. Hard work all round. Afterwards, Paolo, Phil and Jens appeared one by one and agreed it had been a fabulous show, and Jens said the audience was so loud that he couldn't call the follow spots. Amazing. Paolo made a 30-minute speech afterwards about how he thinks it's all going in the right direction. We should make a DVD here. We should collaborate with some Latin American artists and make an acoustic thing, etc. I remembered the message I'd once received from Sergio Mendes, which I still don't know was genuine or not. Now that would be something, and an education for both of us. So I returned to my room in the Oton Palace, where I'd left the sliding window wide open onto my narrow balcony overlooking Copacabana, and I gazed down at the floodlit, boiling Atlantic Ocean on the beach. This is the best time of day to gaze at Copacabana. From here I can see the genius of the mosaic pavements stretching away below me. The postmodern mad monochrome designs of wavy lines to salute the sea and stripes to tip their hats at Mondrian, and a Banksy-esque extrapolation to the zebra crossings, although Rio beat him to it by several decades. I love this place so much, where a perfect, laughing, loving palm tree-lined network of art affectionately kisses the untamed, crashing sea. Once again, I have no one to share it with but you, but I'm finding it hard to close the glass and sleep, why would you ever want to shut this out? The ambient temperature of the air, 25 floors up, is totally comfortable at 2.30 in the morning. I feel like I could sleep on the roof. Rio de Janeiro, my heart's birthday. You still shame the rest of the planet into mediocrity. Now this would be a place to die. CNN is invading my room, quoting statistics of money and stocks. A billion here invested. Profit, loss, marketing, yawn. I find it all tawdry, misguided and sad, especially in this enchanted place. Someone's got to explain to corporate America soon that it's not all about wealth and God. Lennon said it best, imagine there's no heaven, etc., Put it on and sing along. And we're back. Yeah! Are you recording this week? I am. Hey. And, I'm, and I've also tried to do a more enthusiastic yeah! than, than I did on the first half. And you've done very to... well because we've been, we've been on this for an hour and a half now, haven't we? Have we? Yeah. Good God. What, what have we been on for an hour and a half? Oh, you mean this? This. Yes, we have. Yes. We have. We've been we... on this. Yeah. Uh, one final quick thing to ask just before we mm. disappear. And by the way, I, here's an idea. This is me and you talking now. Real, don't listen for a second. Right. Shall we talk about uh, the Friends from the Orchestra album? Uh, when We've got Tim next week. Chatting to Tim Sibwell next week. Shall Lovely. we then move on and do a bit of Friends from the Orchestra? I'll give you two weeks' warning. Woof. Yes. Let's. To try let's, and remind yourself of what went on. Yes, I will. I'll do a bit of research in me. Is there anybody you can ask? There's me. Um, for all the good it'll do me. I could have a natter with Mike about it, actually, because I'll be seeing him later. In fact, I won't. He's not there today. I'll, I'll see him tomorrow. And uh, and I'll, I'll have a natter with him, of his recollections. I know he found that a, a tough one to make himself. I don't really understand why, because whenever I... He seems to sail through these things with the most amazing aplomb and then and then afterwards tell me he hated every minute of it. So I'll, I'll have a word with him about, you know, I'll just try and clarify why he has such bad memories of it. I think he felt... I don't know. I don't know what he felt. It's a great record. Um... I can't can't understand for a second why why he's got you know why he's got a, a bad taste in his mouth about it. But I think it's a great record. Well, I'll let you do a bit of, go away, do a bit of research. 
yeah. and in the meantime, we're gonna we're gonna hopefully hook up with Tim uh, back from Mallorca, Mallorca, Sidwell uh, mm. next week. Mm. So that's good. But before mm. we go for this week, Tim chafing Sid- Sidwell. <laughs> yes, yes. Old, <laughs> the chafe hound himself. Um, before- old old Suda Cream Sidwell, as we now call him. <laughs> That's brilliant. That is brilliant. That's his episode title sorted. SS. Um, SS to his mates these days. You you used to be able to. I don't know if you still can. You used to be able to write to the Suda the Suda Creme Suda Cream people <laughs> and they'd send you a little pop back with your name on it. You're lying. No, I'm being deadly serious. Oh, I'd love one of those. Can somebody make that happen? Lobster Linda, would you write to Suda Cream and get a part of, with my name on that would be yeah. just fantastic. Yeah, I like that. It's what we all need um, now at this, this stage of our life. Then you could you present want... it to me in a nice crocheted purple pullover. Little pouch. Hmm. <laughs> we, we all need to know that our, our hemorrhoid stuff's got our name on it. That's what we need. <laughs> um, anyway, final question for this week, or little things. Just to, you're back in rehearsals, aren't you? Yes, in How's a minute. How's it going? Um, well, it hasn't really gone anywhere yet because we were we got together last week just to get some levels and get the sound and everything. Then Pete Trousers had a bit of a, a crisis because he'd updated his firmware, not not his own personal firm firmware, but his his firmware and his interesting box of effects, uh, which had rendered everything silent. And caused quite a bit of consternation and an overreaction on my part, if I'm honest, because I just went, "Oh my god, oh my god," and did all of that. Um, did you have a hissy fit? Not, not entirely hissy. Just a kind of, "Oh, for fuck's sake!" Does that mean we're going to spend the next two weeks watching you on your hands and knees trying to program that all over again? Um, well, that's borderline hissy. It is a bit, and it's not very nice, is it? I wasn't proud of myself, to be honest, Anthony, afterwards. Um, Especially, but I was delighted when I got the news that it was, in fact, all right. It's just the output one no longer worked, um, which was part of the update that, you know, these genius Americans thought, we know what we'll do. We'll, We'll silence output one. That'll go down well across the globe. Anyway... If uh, if you use output two, you're all right. So that's the great news. So um, we're back in business, and um, so if Pete's playing particularly badly of an evening, is somebody just, somebody just going unplug output two and plug output one in? <laughs> I don't know. If Pete's staring staring malevolently at his own feet, I think I think you can you can get. You can guess it's something to do with him up, having updated his firmware. Right. Um, but um, we um, we spent a little bit of time working up a Christmas song last week. Um, so we'll have something for um, for the fan club folk um, for Christmas because we've got to think about that shit and get on it um, because time's passing and we'll be on tour in November anyway. So we're working up a, surpri- a surprise Christmas song, which I'm not going to, that's all I'm going to say. Um, and that's going well, and I think that's going to sound really lovely. Um, and so first official day of rehearsing is today, and we will start today. And we're, we're not just going to rehearse, we're going to start jamming as of today, um, just a five or ten minute thing, and start start collecting jams for the um for the forthcoming record, which which we'll write next year, so the writing starts today, folks, uh, along with tour rehearsals. Now, are you allowed to say that? <sighs> Too late. Right. Too late. Just checking. I've just just checking. Only I've because just I tend it. to get the call first. <laughs> Hear the distant sound of the howitzer coming in your direction. Yes. Yes, yes I've become some form of shield in these matters. <laughs> the air raid sirens going off all over Heckman Dwight. That's that's exactly what happens. <laughs> that's exactly what happens. 
Oh well, I'm. Do you know what? Brilliant. I'm really, ple- I'm really pleased about that. And, uh, and do they it, well, do they use a colliery band for the air raid siren in your part? Or you probably just go. They do, and it's a real challenge because it, honestly, it, it it has to be a, a ground assault because by the time they've put the uniforms on and tune their <laughs> instruments, you don't get the warning for about three quarters of an hour. No, no, that's true. Yes, look out, lads! That's the Sally Army. <laughs> We've got seconds to get below ground. <laughs> we would have had if they'd started three quarters of an hour ago. <laughs> Just one person still standing with the French horn. <laughs> oh yeah, with, with the yeah, I can see that French horn. All you know, all all in tatters. Anyway, you better clear off then if you've got the t- rehearsing to do. The tattered bell end of the, of the <laughs> French horn. <laughs> I can see it, Ant. I bet you can. <laughs> I bet you can see your tattered bell end. I think that's a good good spot to leave. <laughs> Have you gone? Are you are you are you all right? I'm just going to try to control myself. <laughs> I'm trying to centre. Yes, well, I'm going to take um, take that thought with me off to Club Racket in the Cooper S, and uh, we'll see you next week, or talk to you next week at least. Well, I probably will see you next week if you're in Paris or Madrid or Barcelona. Uh, lots of love. Thanks for listening to the Corona Diaries. It featured Steve Hogarth with the insights and me, Ant Short, with the questions. If you enjoyed the podcast, please consider subscribing and maybe leaving a review as this will help others find it. You could even share with other like-minded souls, should the mood take you. This has been an A Short Stories production. <laughs>